Let me tell you how I'm getting my feet summer ready. Soft, sexy, and beautiful. I am using Babyfoot, the original foot peel. It's the number one selling foot peel in America with nearly 30 million sold worldwide. They offer a selection of DIY at-home treatment products that are quick and easy to use. And the foot peel is a professional grade product at a price that makes it affordable to a wide range of consumer. It has won many beauty awards over the years and the peels are made with 16 natural ingredients. The gentle process leaves skin undamaged while removing this dead skin to reveal the fresh, healthy layer beneath like a baby's foot. Baby foot qualifies as a clean product. They are also vegan, gluten-free, and cruelty-free. For my listeners, go to www.babyfoot.com and use promo code EMOTIONAL20 for an exclusive 20% discount. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L-2-0. gosh, Pickle is with us right now. Pickle, I'm Hello. so excited. <laughs> I can't I'm tell excited. you. I have been looking forward to this interview for, I think, since the first time I met you. And then I got so excited because I had, you know, talked to Kyle Ayers, who is a mutual friend of ours. Um, I say he's my friend. He's not my friend. He's just been on my show a couple of times and he's been uh, really nice. Uh, so that's friendship. Gonna... In this town... He may not consider me a friend, but I'm like, oh my God, he's yeah. so cool. <laughs> I sat next to, in, in Bricks and Scones, once I was seated next to Julia Gardner and Ben Affleck. Amazing. They're my friends. <laughs> we got lunch. We get lunch. We lunch. No, we lunch. We lunch. We lunch. Yeah, we lunch. That, that's a good way around that. We <laughs> lunch. <laughs> but I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, you know, I really, you know, want pickle on and blah, blah, blah. We were just talking and I was just so excited. And for those who maybe who are not familiar, um, I actually talk about you, I'm pretty sure in the Lil Miss Hot Mess episode as well, because we talk about Drag Story Hour. Because the way that I discovered you and the way that I discovered Lil Miss Hot Mess was okay. I love her. I was Googling like really cool kids books because I was so sick of, I was pregnant at the time and I was like, I want, you know, her nursery and library to be filled with something really cool, you know, mm -hmm. educational, not just, you know, the wheels on the bus. Right. Yeah. Um, and somehow algorithmically as the craziness, you know, future mm -hmm. works, she came yeah. up. And the her book, you know, the hips on the drag queen goes swish, swish, swish. And I was like, my favorite children's book of all time ever, ever. It's so fun. It's so colorful. The the artistry is beautiful. The illustration, I just everything about it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm and I, I think when I was pregnant, I was ballsy and I was like, well, if someone doesn't respond to me, like, who cares? Like, I'm, I'm pregnant. Like, I can do whatever I want. Like, <laughs> I don't know. The, you can't be mad at me. Yeah, I was, like, delusional. Like, delusional. I was like, I'm just going to write everyone and see who's going to respond. And surprisingly, like, almost 90% of the people responded to me. And I was, like, yeah. shocked, you know? And so this is my, you know, uh, you know, PSA to 
follow your dreams, people, and reach out to to people you're fans of. But I reached out to her and she came on the podcast and couldn't have been more of a doll and incredible and said, you know, when you have your baby, please go in Los Angeles and find Pickle, who is a fantastic drag queen who does drag story hour and runs the LA, uh, the LA, not office, what would you call it? The district, I guess. Um, Branch. Branch, there you go. There's Branch. No, there's literally like there's no a official, laptop. but you know what and, I mean. And yeah. my laptop's up working, so it's not even me and a laptop anymore. It's <laughs> sort of like me and a me and a dream. <laughs> you and a dream. Well, it's been a, a fantastic dream at that. And I got the lucky opportunity to see you in Los Feliz at the Los Feliz um, Public Library. And I came towards the end because I had a fussy baby at the time, and there were so many people in the room. I can't even tell you. I was like, how are you not overwhelmed right now? It's like, this is insane. Kids were just like climbing on you. But I shared this story that I don't even know if you had been aware of because it happened to you. Um, And I had seen like kind of behind the scenes, but there was a a mom and and a little boy that were there. And he must've been maybe five years old, maybe I'm not great with ages. You think I'd be better, but maybe five. He was 20. He was 30. Um, smoking a cigarette and drinking in the yeah. side. Uh, oh, he was, yeah. Drinking, drinking a cocktail yeah. at three hours, like yeah. 11 a.m. Yeah. No, he was 20 and with problems. <laughs> lots of problems. Coming in with lots of problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was so nervous to meet you. And there was a line of children that you were talking to and that you were giving the Drag Story Hour stickers to. And I looked at the mom and I just, I smiled and and she was like, no, your dress is beautiful. Your dress is beautiful. Like kept reassuring him. And then he went up to you and said that, you know, he had picked this outfit out and he had this beautiful gown on and you were so, you were like, you were so fucking kind to this child. I had never seen anything like this and you were so good. You were so good with him. I mean, he was a baby and he was so excited to meet you. You were his dream. Like you were the person that he looked up to and couldn't wait to show off what he created. And you you gave such a long time of moments to this kid. And the mom turned around and the mom had tears in her eyes. And it was like, I, I, I don't even know if you remember this and it must happen to you all the time, but it was something that was so moving. And I thought- Holy shit, like there are so many kids that are so moved by the presence of you, by the presence of other drag queens who are doing drag story hour. And like, we need to make noise behind this because the other side is just being so mean and and dragging it down. Um, I guess no pun intended with that, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Or maybe pun intended. Um, And it was just such a wonderful, beautiful moment. And I thought I, I talked about it on the podcast. I did a little solo like recap episode and shared with my audience. And I, I wanted everyone to find drag story hour in their hometown, wherever it may be. And just share and and spread the word. And so that's why I'm so excited to have you here and kind of learn how you got to this moment of being this magical human that is touching so many children's lives. So, Oh, wow. thank you. First of You're all, welcome. thank you so much for sharing that story. I, I'm like getting emotional. It's like, I don't know. It's weird. I don't, gosh, I wish I remembered that specific moment. I, cause it must happen all the time. 
it does. It's like I really like. Um, it's so funny because it feel like that's that's so sweet, and it's like I love that so much, and that makes me so happy. And it is like why it's. But the funny thing is, I've been reflecting this month on like I really just I think why I'm a good candidate for the program and is that I really just enjoy it. Like I right. really genuinely, I think that children can really sense authenticity. It's one of the mm-hmm. things that they are so like children. The, I say it all the time. Like children are so much smarter than we give them credit for. Oh and my God. So much. So much there's so when you're a child, it's like your imagination is so open and you're so emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. because you haven't, you know, like you haven't learned all the it's I say like it's like they're not having to unlearn things they're mm. they're learning things so they're so curious and they're so we can learn so much from children and their attitudes and like so I really just genuinely enjoy what you talking do to them yeah. and what I do like it really does like I have never ever left us I've left like my own shows and like my cabaret yeah. like adult shows being like god I that was awful or right, like god, right, I right, I've right. never ever left a story hour like regretting it or feeling like I didn't have a good time or like like every everything that I experience at the story hour is is real like it's I pure really joy. just I just enjoy it and it's yeah. like and I don't encourage like you know I love the work and it's it's great for some people. I always tell drag artists that want to get involved. I'm like, only do it if you really like it. Right. Like, you know, like I don't do it because I feel like I have to, or Mm -hmm. I feel like, like, and that's what gets really confusing with the social justice element of the work is that I really didn't set out to like do any of that. I just really enjoy, which I like doing it, but like, I really enjoy talking to the children and talking to the parents and, performing for them and and seeing them and and yeah there certainly is a piece of like you know it's really important for me to be that role model on some level because I didn't you know even I'm 30 and and I was in like you know I was at age like whatever 23 years ago and even then it was like there were no drag queens like I didn't know I loved dresses and I loved dressing up but there was no adult like that, like looked like me. That right. was like doing sure, that. sure, sure. So sure. it was like it really feels great to be able to provide that and be like, no, yeah, you can dress like this too, right. and, and yeah, and thrive so in life. Sharing that. Oh my gosh, of course. Now, pickle. How did you a become pickle, and how did you become involved? with this this whole world of drag story hour and being a performance artist. And then we'll get into, you know, your your show that you do, your cabaret, which is so amazing. But how does this even begin for you? 400 years ago, I, <laughs> <laughs> I stole <laughs> something from a witch. <laughs> I was about to say, it was a witch's spell and I was sitting around the cauldron and I was throwing yeah. frog toad legs inside. Yeah. I had a show really quick. I had a show where I, um, <laughs> I like to write personalized thank you notes to all the audience members when I can. Oh my God, that's uh, so sweet. And like leave it on the tables when they come to see my show. And uh, there was this one where I had a lot of time. And so each note had like a really intricate 
story <laughs> about how like a witch had like <laughs> like I was like I can't stop doing track until I fulfill this like witch's request. Can you please give me five dollars? Like... Anyway, uh, I started doing drag in high school. Really, really? Uh, yeah, I was a theater kid. Uh, yeah, I was. A Where are you from originally? I'm from LA. Oh, from here. oh, I didn't know that. Amazing. Yeah, my. Where are you from? I, well, originally the Bay Area, but I've been in LA since I was nine. So this is home. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I come from a mute, an artistic background. Like my parents are both artists. Um, they're divorced, but my mom is a visual artist, and my cool. dad is is a bassist. And um, oh my god, fun! So yeah, a really kooky kind of upbringing. So I, I never. I think one of the ways I got into drag was that I never thought um, I didn't know what a nine to five was until I right. went to college. Like right. I literally didn't know that people went somewhere to an office and right. to an office and that that's how they made money. Right. I thought that everyone like we were your parents on, like tour. Yeah. Right. Like I was like, no, 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 no. This is how it works. Your dad is home yeah. all the time. Yeah. And then he goes away. Yeah. For nine months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just gone. You're like, that's um, not everyone? What? That's not everyone? Yeah, exactly. So I think why I say that is that I, when I encountered drag in high school and then later in college, it didn't seem, there were no rules. Mm -hmm. I knew that there were no rules about how you could live your life. Mm -hmm. Like I knew from, from being around that, that you could. So I was very open and receptive when I first did drag in high school and I really paid attention to it because I liked mm. performing. I studied directing really um, like theater. And, but there was something about drag that when I, I was in this musical in high school called a funny thing happened in the way of the forum, oh, yes. which is a farce. It was Stephen Sodheim's first musical that he wrote book uh that he wrote the lyrics and the music for i play this character that gets into drag in the second act and it was kind of like a joke it, i mean it is a joke it's a comedy yeah, yeah, but sure. like i did it and i was like i felt so beautiful and so glamorous oh my gosh and you felt like and you're like, like oh this is this feels very comfortable right now this feels yeah, right like, okay like yeah. i was i was like i'm onto something so i kind of made a mental note and then uh, when I went to college, I went to Sarah Lawrence. Sarah Lawrence was like a great school to get into drag at. Oh my God, I'm it was sure. So it was so interdisciplinary. And so like, you know, we could, you could really do whatever you want. Like, yeah. wanted. Like I would, I would be in musicals or plays or whatever. And then I would also, like my senior project was like, I directed this Greek tragedy. Oh my God, uh, fabulous. Like very elaborate, like crazy fabulous thing. but so i was able to explore drag in that environment and then i just i really loved it like mm. it felt very right for the kind of performer that i am for your art um, I, yeah for my art yeah it just felt correct it felt like it really engaged all the different i really enjoy like being a glamorous lady and yeah. also like I love the thing that I love the most that doesn't even have anything to do with, you know, the gender presentation of drag, but is what I think makes it so engaging is that in drag, like the fourth wall is so optional, mm. like, you know, in theater and acting, it's like, even with 
all the very different styles and ways that you can do that. You're always in service of the story being told. And in drag, you become the story. So it's like you have so much more control. Like I can do like something very serious in my show and like emotional. And then I can turn to the audience and be like, like I can break it at any time. Right. Without ruining the thing. Right. No, absolutely. So it it really, that's how, and that's how my mind works. And that's where my mind, I think, is able to be its most creative when Mm -hmm. I'm able to like go wherever I want or feel that I need to. So that's my long story. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think that's so, and then how did you find Drag Story Hour? That was like, it was one of those like universe weird, like clouds open up, like just right place, right time. My stepmother's friend wanted to knew Michelle T who started story hour mm-hmm. in San Francisco and um he wanted to do one in LA mm. and, but he didn't know any drag queens so like he asked my and he was talking to my stepmom my son was like I think my stepson is a drag no. queen. <laughs> <laughs> and so they just like called me up and they were like would you be open to doing this and I heard the idea and I was like that is the best idea I've ever heard. Oh my I was gosh. like, I was like, that is like MacArthur genius grant level. Yeah. Like. And had you ever worked like, with great. kids before that you felt like such a desire to try to like be involved or want to teach or, or do any of that? Yes. I've always had like a love for education and for educational environments and for working with young people. I did like children's theater projects in high school. I direct, I directed like Winnie the Pooh. Oh my gosh. How for, cute. Like, kids. <laughs> and so I've always had like engagement with that audience. And, and from like being like, you know, a sophomore in high school, I right. was kind of learning how to engage that particular mm. audience. And right. like, so by the time, and then in college, I did a little bit of engagement too and like would do sort of like community theater projects that were geared towards kids. Right. Um, so by the time this came along, it did feel very like, okay, I know what to do. Right. Like I didn't feel like I was so getting, lost. Sometimes like, yeah, sometimes you put, and I always prepare the, the drag artists that are doing it for the first time. I was like, this isn't going to be like anything you've done. Right. Like, you know, Children are a very different audience. Very different audience. But, and like you have to understand that children engage in such a different way. I was oh like, God. for example, they're never going to be paying attention to you. No. <laughs> I was like, fully like they're never going to. And sometimes they are like, I think yeah. that like some there you'll have those moments where every kid is just like. Right, right, <laughs> but right. Like, you know, I was like they <laughs> because they absorb information with their bodies like sure. they'll say something or they'll move because they're they're like you know they don't they haven't been conditioned to feel shame yes <laughs> yes intensely so yes. it's like no very vibrant very and I like, think it's so cool and that's what was so special and I I loved going into when I when I first was introduced to you and and saw drag story hour in Los Feliz I was just so moved by how many parents got up early with their kids and brought them there and these kids were genuinely like having the time of their life. It was, it was like they were going to Disneyland. You know what I mean? It was like the same sort of thing. They were just like so pumped to be there. And it's so fun for me 
now being a mom and, and now knowing that there are places that I can bring, you know, my daughter lady to that she can experience drag story hour, you know, drag culture is very important to me and always has been. I was before I, before I was an actress in my day, um, I was a competition dancer and I did like jazz oh, and tap wow. and ballet and all that. And I love that. loved. And my favorite movie was Serial Mom. I was obsessed with Divine. I was obsessed with Pink Flamingo. Mm-hmm. I knew what Pink Flamingo was. I hosted this kids club where I interviewed John Waters and when I was 10 years old, I told him that my favorite movie was Zero Mom and Pink Flamingo. And he was like, what is wrong with your fucking parents? Like that they let you watch yeah. it. It's like, you know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> but for me, I was like, oh my God, this is everything and more. And like, it was my dream when I got to be a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race because it was before it was like really huge. It was only, I think it was like season three or something. And it, it was- Right, just- you did the- with Raja, yeah, that. yeah, the like, sci-fi oh, one. Season two. Yeah. <laughs> you like, no, no, no. like, I was there. <laughs> well, but look, to be fair, you could be right because I'm so bad with, 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 no, I, no, with timeline. I'm like, three. maybe not. Uh, um, but, you know, it, it's been so important and so, such a big part of my life. Like at my baby shower, Delta Work performed. Um, oh, and, she, oh, it was so amazing. She came out singing, um, I, uh, baby love. Um, and she went up to everyone and we did drag queen bingo. And then she sang where everyone, it was just like fabulous. Like for me, I have such, a like a love and appreciation for drag culture and for what this is. And I just want everyone to realize that to stop making it this like whole political thing, to stop making it what it is. It's like, Kids are enjoying this, you know, so let's have the next generation have this opportunity that I myself would have lost my mind over. I mean, I would have been the kid front row, like looking at you being like, tell me everything, like read me all these books. Like I never would have left, but my mom never had that opportunity to show that to me because that wasn't, that wasn't readily available you know and so and the material that was out there was honestly not appropriate no no it was very different you know um so i think that this is just so special and i think it's really great that you know you were at drag con um for those who are not familiar rupaul does um the annual drag con where it's all the queens that have been on the show and then they had a special area for you next to the teletubbies which i thought was hilarious uh did you meet them did you meet the tub no remember i missed them Oh, they were right. there earlier. Well, my friend, so my friend Bailey, North celebrities. There, yes. Uh, we have become obsessed with the celebrities. <laughs> Did you go to that <laughs> that a, store opening kind of at problem. World of Wonder? We went to their party. No. We went to their Teletubby party. I've made friends with the Teletubby Wrangler. No, I'm all up in their DMs and their emails. We talk on Instagram. I'm fully. I'm like in the world of the Teletubbies and Bailey and I, if we're at a party, we, it can't come up because we won't stop talking about them. Okay. So which we're, one's your favorite Teletubby? Dipsy. Dipsy is my favorite. Which, which color was that? I forgot. Dips. Oh, right. Sorry. Like, and this is the other thing is that now we like know so much about them that we take for granted that not everyone knows like what Teletubbies, which Dipsy is the green one. Okay. Wow. And why are you into Dipsy? Dipsy, I don't know, like, <laughs> Bailey and I just, like, I think we had a funny story about Dipsy. Dipsy, uh, oh, because when you wave at Dipsy, like, so obviously there's 
there's people in the suits. There but are. um <laughs> or there might not be because Who knows? I, I have to say like when no one was around, one of the Teletubby Wranglers was talking to them like they were like- babies. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, but so, Gypsy, every time we would, for some reason, maybe there's something in the suit like that they couldn't like hear. Yeah. But whenever we would be like, bye, Dipsy, Dipsy would just like <laughs> wave like in like a random direction. <laughs> so and, like we just became obsessed with like like calling out to Dipsy because they just never waved the right uh, way. But Lala, which is the yellow one, uh-huh. Lala would like, we would call Lala's name and Lala would like crane her neck to like oh zero my- in on where the sound was coming from. Oh my God. Where were the Teletubbies from originally? What country? Do you remember? Were I they like think, Swedish? I think the UK. Oh, they were the UK. They're from Britain. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, I am so glad you know so much about them now. That's so fabulous. They like tour America just doing cool stuff. Like they were the woman who's like this really chic lady. Like yeah. the who's like in charge of them. She was like, yeah, we're going to Art Basel next. What? I was like, what? Oh my God. Well, I'll tell you, my friend Anch um, designed a necklace for them. That was like a Teletubby necklace that, that was on display at that World of Wonder show that you were at. Um, yeah, and they have these Christian Cromwell boots, Dipsy boots. Dipsy boots. You need the Dipsy boots. Casually. Casually, <laughs> Casually. for Dipsy. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'll pass. <laughs> I was like, uh. No, I'm not that big of a uh, fan. Not that well, I have big. to say, I would, if I had, yeah. If I, yeah. Well, maybe if you had the funds, you would. Oh yeah. my god, that is like, so funny. Someday I'll do that. <laughs> someday I'll be that outrageous. Oh my god, that's so amazing. Yeah. Now tell me, you have a new show that's at, at the Aster, and you have this cabaret. What is it? How much longer are you doing it? What can people expect? And tell me. Well, so the Aster was actually it was the first time that we did the show. So I developed the show for the Aster as a one-off. Um, so we won't be back there. Oh, okay. but uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. But so basically, it's just a one-woman show. I mean, we did it when we did it at the Aster. It was more variety, so I had other people in it. But it's uh, it's just like it's called Pickle with a P, so based on Liza with a Z, yep. of course, and um, not Lisa with an S. Yeah, not Lisa with an S. I'm, a, I'm the biggest Liza fan. And my the music director was like, what else would it be with? And You're like, like, have you not heard the song? Funny. Yeah, <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. Have you not seen the special? Um, I saw Liza yeah. in person so many times. Like, I'm a super fan. I've met her. Like, I, 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 I she is she's unreal. my number one. Yeah. And um, so basically, it's a one-woman show with a nine-piece Hope soon to be 12 piece band. Wow. Uh, with live music. And like I sing in my acts and do comedy. And it's it's basically like this sort of, and we're tweaking it and, and doing it. We did it at the Aster and then we did it on the pier at Santa Monica Pride. Oh my gosh, fun. We're, yeah, we're bringing it to San Pedro uh, in September. Cool. Um, and we're... We're just kind of piecing together like different opportunities to do it. Yeah. Because obviously like I want to get it to the point where it's a solid like, you know, 80 minute experience yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. 75 minutes. Um ideally. But so like you can expect like when you go into it 
first of all, live music from yeah. just this phenomenal band of people that actually my brother is the drummer. Oh my gosh, stop. How cute. Yeah. Cause he went to, he goes to USC and they're all seniors. So all of them are seniors at USC. Oh my God. Amazing. Like I was like, Charlie, I need like a band. Can you help me? And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so he introduced me to Victor, who's the pianist who does all the like, cause the hard, the hardest part, like logistically about doing working with like a band of that yeah. size is like that everything has to be orchestrated. Right. So it's like, you can't just be like, okay, we're going to do this song and now we're all doing it. It's like, because they're not all playing yes. the same thing. Yes. It's like the clarinet right. is playing something and then they're right. all, so like someone has to orchestrate it. Right. Um, until they figure out the AI for that, which I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> but so not a lot of creative people are, but I'm like, you, I'm like, you don't understand how AI is just going to expand our ability. Well, it's going to, gonna, so absolutely. Much. And I think that there are very, like, trust me, I have many a writer friends that I stand with during the strike right now. And I, and I worry about, about my whole, you know, career. Like they can use me as AI, like for a TV show. I do a whole episode on it a couple of weeks ago. You should listen to it because it's with um, yeah. two of my friends and one's a neuroscientist and the other actually is a huge inventor of AI, um, he, he writes AI. So, um, oh, I love that. And it's pretty well, cool. Yeah, it's sort of like, we need that government regulation. It's like totally the name of the game is like the regulation and working out the logistics so that we're not being taken advantage of. Well, and kind of like the, the sum of the episode is, is what AI is going to be used for. Like the people are all like, Oh my God, they're going to take away this job and that job. It's the jobs that really they will take away are ones that are like a lawyer, right? Where it's all factual and they can like yeah. understand everything. Thank God. Someone coming up with creative stuff, it's not really going to be, they can do it, but it's not as easy and it's not really lucrative in the long run, you know? Um, yeah. So and it's like, there'll be that like uncomfortable period, but it's like the people we can figure out, it's like going to be- You either have to grow with it or you're going to be stuck in- Yeah, it's like- The past. We also, we don't write plays on parchment anymore. That would be such a waste of time. Yeah, no, (laughs) absolutely. No, absolutely. It's exactly like that. So we we shall see. But, you know, one union, union strong. Yes, one union, union strong. I love that. (laughs) Now, what would be something that you would- share with you know a parent or something who parent or a guardian someone that has a child that is wanting to you know teach and maybe expand on what drag culture is what lgbtqia plus is like something that maybe you maybe not that you learned but that you've seen works for other kids like making it easier to have that conversation to create that dialogue between a parent and a child or a guardian and a child? Ooh, that's such a good question. And I'm going to disclaimer it by saying that I'm not a child psychologist. No, yeah. Kind of like... <laughs> no, it's just your own experience. In that way. You know? But in my experience, what I've kind of learned, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned and that's really informed my work and what I would uh, sort of say is that it's important to remember, I think that as adults, a lot of our work around like 
racism, for example, or gender inclusion and all that is about unlearning mm-hmm. behaviors. Sure. Um, so much of that is the work of being an adult. And I think it's important to remember that children don't need to unlearn behaviors. Right. They're learning behaviors. So I think that my kind of little takeaway from that is that you you don't need to be overly intellectual with them or mm. like, you know, you don't need to assume that they have the same biases that you do. Right. So much of the work I think is just going is mm-hmm. like literally just showing up to drags for hour because then those kids are learning the behavior that like, Oh, this is just a person. It's a human. This isn't yeah. like, you know, this is just a human. This is possible. This is acceptable. All the, they, they're, they're taking everything in. Like, you know, your child isn't going to turn to you and be like, wow, I'm so glad we did that because now I understand the like, you know, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> they're just like seeing it. Yeah, so like yeah. they're going to grow up knowing not only that this is an art form that is accessible to them and that is acceptable, but they grew up like, you know, with a bunch of other kids and a bunch of other adults. Right. And so their brains are like, oh, this is okay. Right. And that is so much of the work. Right. That's the power. Yeah. Letting them be there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that you, like there's some, sometimes people send me books that are just like, you know, not to criticize, but I'm like, I'm like, this is too intense. I'm like, you know, like the book doesn't need to be like, you need to understand gender and you need to understand why what you've been doing is wrong. I'm like, you know, well, it's like, I'm no, so glad like, that you say that. Learning. No, because there are so like, it's, let me tell you, being a parent, it's like overwhelming, right? Because you don't want to fuck up your kid. Like, point being, oh, like, course. that's it. You don't want to fuck up your kid. Yeah. And not that I think that I would fuck up my kid, but you never know, right? Like, you never know. So, you, but you want to make sure you're making the right choices and you're introducing them to the right people and you're showing them the right TV shows and the right, reading them the right books and talking to them about the right stories, you know? Let's just show them, like... How exactly how to be a good human being. And so I yeah. feel like I love that you're saying that by just showing up and experiencing things is so much more powerful than being told what not to do. Yeah. And like, you know, I think that to piggyback on that, it's like and to kind of put because a lot of parents like will be like, what can we do? How can we support you? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, you could. If you like gave me a bunch of money right I now, need money cool. for Teletubby like, shoes. So yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I need to buy those dipsy shoes. But what I say over and over and over again is like relax. Yeah. I was like, I need you to relax. Because like if you're it's like here's the thing is that the world is gonna fuck up your kids. Like yes. we the, the we live in a world where like the things that we're doing now that the kids are learning in 20 years, they're going to have to unlearn other behaviors. Sure. So it's like, I'm like, if you're listening to this podcast and you've made it this far in, or if you're going to, if you're at a story hour or you're even do, then you, I think that it's like, relax. You're already, you're already doing what you need to be doing. It's like, all you can do is be open and, you know, kind. Yeah. It's like, I feel like that is just, we overcomplicate being good so much that yeah. we're like, you know, I do the same thing where I'm like, well, I'm not 
you know, did it, I need to be blah, 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 sure. blah, 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 blah. And like, of course there's work to be done. And like, but really it just comes down to doing the next right indicative action. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to go to the story hour. Yeah. Now we're here. I'm not going to like, you know, make fun of the drag queen. Cool. Mm-hmm. I've modeled good behavior. Child like round of saved. applause. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like it's about those things. And, and also, you know, don't take for granted that like, you know, the more we model good behavior for the, or not good behavior is a weird term, but like the more we model compassion and kindness mm-hmm. and self-growth yeah. for the kids, the more they're going to be like that and the more set up for success they are. Like, you know, of course we're unlearning behaviors, but like the children are, you know, you know, they're, they're going to be so much more uh, socially aware than we are. Totally. Like they have the technology they're going to be socialized to that technology. Yeah. There's so much like that the world is also doing to provide these kids with like the information they need to be good people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. I just, I love that. And I appreciate you saying that because I think that so many parents, including myself, but will write into me all the time because I am someone that is very open and very honest and, and, Sometimes they're like, what, you know, what is the best thing that we can do? And for me, I'm, you know, a cis white bitch, you know, I'm not in the queer community and uh, other than being a super fan, um, but I don't think that the counts well, you are and then I'm an ally. Yeah, I'm an ally, right. you know, but I, I want to make sure that I provide information straight from the, the voices of those in that, in the LGBTQIA plus community. That's what I want to make sure. So thank you for using your voice and, um, of course. I mean, yeah, it's like so much of it is like, is that, I think we're all doing the best that we can. Exactly. We're all doing the best that we can and and that's all we can do. Well, Pickle, I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask everyone on the show. Um, yeah. what is your emotional support? Ooh, uh, that is such a great question. Um, it, it's in the name, Pickle. Uh, <laughs> I, hmm, ooh, this is going to sound really weird, uh, but I love it. I, um, I have a very, I would say a very involved spiritual life. Okay. Um, I pray. Uh-huh. I don't admit that publicly. Oh, often, I love So it. that's cool. Uh, but yeah, I pray every morning. I hit the, which is the irony of like, you yeah. know, people coming for me all the time. Because I have a very deep connection with a God of my own understanding. And uh-huh. like, you know, I get out of bed and the first thing I do is I hit my knee. I make my bed. I hit my knees and I pray. And I pray for, I I pray for myself first. I'm like, please keep me alive. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, let me be like cool today. <laughs> and then I pray for the, I pray for the people that I'm angry at or jealous of. Oh, I love um, that. I pray for their love, success, and happiness. Um, and it's really hard. That's not oh my god, that is so hard. Is like that I is so honorable, and I say it all out loud. Where I'm like, okay love success please give love success and happiness for such and such right because then what i've realized is that over time as they i can't stop people from being successful no. they're going to be successful because they're good strong talented sure. people so like over time i start to feel like i'm a part of their success because i'm praying for it yes. so it's sort of like oh 
instead of being jealous of them, now I'm like it, helping them. Anyway, so I pray for them. And then I pray for like people that are struggling or suffering. And then I do this like prayer that's it's kind of long. Uh, I do this prayer that's like all about, you know, let me be like kind and compassionate and all of that. And that's what I, so I'll say, if I had to pick one, it would be prayer because like I pray before I, I go that. on stage every time, yeah. uh, every time, like Estelle Parsons, who's this actress, um, yeah. told me in a field in Italy once, it's a long story that I won't tell now, but um, <laughs> she was like, every time you're on stage, you're fucking lucky for the opportunity. Yes. And I take that seriously. So, you know, I pray. I've had to, like, people will be like, okay, Pickle, you're on. I'm like, I have to pray. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. I, I'm so moved by that because I pray every day. I'm I'm a very big, um, I, 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 I don't blame it. I, I like to say, that's the wrong word. What am I trying to say? I say it's because my grandmother instilled instilled it in me. And it almost has become like a superstition if I don't say certain prayers before I fly. Yeah, like, for me too. Or if I don't, you know, touch the plane before I get in. Like it's all, yeah. you know, like, but certain things like I I, I pray for, um, and it's not a specific religion. It's not any of this. Like, yes, there are prayers because I grew up Catholic, but it's not because of that. It's like, I, it, it's more of a spiritual connection. I practice transcendental meditation and I, mm -hmm. I somehow bring prayer into the meditation while I'm doing that with my mantra. Like, and I, I think that there is such power and that is why I always record myself. If something happened to me in the day, or if there's something that I want to share, I, even if I don't release it, I put on and I record and I listen in my ears because mm -hmm. I don't like the sound of my own voice hearing it back. It's very hard for me to edit, but yeah, um, there is something very powerful about speaking out loud. Um, especially with prayer, especially with something that you want to maybe accomplish or you want to get off your chest and being able to hear your own voice back in your head and hear it out loud. There's powerful vibrations there. So I'm, uh, I think that what you're doing that, that you are creating success for yourself and for others, even those that yeah. you don't want, but you are, and you are a part of that. Yeah. And when you pray, you, in that moment, I'm acknowledging that it's not about me and that there's something bigger out there that I yeah. don't know what it is, but it's like in that moment, it, for me, it's about the humility of being like, it doesn't matter if I trip or like, yeah. it doesn't matter what, ha it's like, it's there's something not about higher. me. Yeah. There's something bigger. I'm just a vessel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's my emotional support. The more you know, right? Like the more you know. <laughs> I love this. Pickle, how can everyone find you? I am on Instagram at Pickle Drag Queen. Uh, I have a website, pickledragqueen.com. Um, I'm here. <laughs> uh, so you can, I'm very easy to get in touch with. I'm listening. Uh, I'm ready. I give you my phone number. Uh, yeah, I'm around. Come see my show. Well, come see your show. You find Pickle at every uh, um, uh, Teletubby convention and super fan event. Um, yep, wherever exactly. Dipsy Follow may be, children. Pickle may be. So just know that that's how you do that. <laughs> Dipsy is groupie. <laughs>